episode three of the Battle Academy podcast. My name is Monica. You may know me in Pokemon Go as Anthissa or on social media as Anthissa21. Last week, we discussed what I believe is the most essential tool a Pokemon Go PvPer can have, and that is the type effectiveness chart. Basically helps you pick which Pokemon to take into battle based on whether or not you will have a type advantage. Water beats fire, fire beats grass, grass beats water, so on and so forth. Today, we're going to discuss the next important thing I think you'll need to have. Like, if I were to rate everything 1 to 10, this would be item number 2, and that is movesets. You may have the perfect Pokemon to face somebody. You might have the greatest IVs. But if you don't have a good moveset, you're still going to find yourself in an uphill climb to make sure you get your win. So for the first half of the episode, we're going to discuss fast moves and charge moves, take a little look at stat affecting moves. Those are the ones that uh, can affect your defense and your attack or your opponent's defense and attack. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to look at one of my favorite resources, and that is pvpoke.com. It's a really great resource. I will leave a link in the description, as well as leaving a link to the article that I'm using for this discussion, which is pokemongohub.net. It's an article in their Trainer Battle Academy series about picking the right movesets for your Pokemon. Okay, so let's start by taking a look at fast moves. Fast moves have two different sections that kind of make them effective. And if you don't know what a fast move is, it's the basic core move that a Pokemon has. When you start your battle, it's when you're tapping on the screen. And that is how they're attacking. That's your fast move. It has two different components, the DPT or damage per turn and the EPT or energy per turn. Basically, this is telling you how much damage your Pokemon is causing and how much energy they're generating for their charge move. There are a whole slew of numbers that are attached to all this, and I couldn't tell you how to read any of them. But basically, the rule of thumb is to have a EPT and DPT that is at least equal or greater than 3.5. Now, I don't know how you get those numbers, it's very possible that you can see those numbers on an IV checker like Pokey Genie or some other similar one. But uh, if you're going to use something like Pokey Genie, please keep in mind using a third party app in connection to Pokemon Go is a breach of terms of service. This is your warning slash disclaimer. Now, I have used Pokey Genie before. I really liked it on my old phone. I had a Samsung Galaxy knockoff. I'm. It was a Samsung Galaxy, but it was like one of the lesser ones, kind of like an iPhone 5C. But it is a breach of the terms of service. And Pokemon Go has done such a really good job of adjusting the appraisal that you can pretty much read the IV as it comes up from your team leader. So while, yeah, you can still use something like Poke Genie, if you want to be clear completely of breaching the terms of service, you can avoid it pretty easily. Now, fair warning, any breach of terms of service is punishable by a limited 30-day ban, I think, for the first offense. So please keep that in mind if you're going to use something like Poke Genie. Now, 
where the fast moves are concerned, PokemonGoHub.net does have a chart for giving you a basic idea of what the best fast moves are. It's an interesting chart. They also have a list to go with it that ranks them based on energy per turn and damage per turn. But again, it's getting into a lot of numbers that I really don't know how to use. This is why I usually look at PV Pokey or PV Poke, however you say it, to get a good idea for fast moves and charge moves. Basically, if you do find this chart and decide to read it, which it will be in this article that I'm going to post in the description, you basically read the chart as this. On the right side does more damage and closer to the top does more energy. So you understand how it balances out and everything. And from the article, there are several that are among the best PvP moves like Counter, Confusion, Shadow Claw, Dragon Breath. These are going to be your best energy and damage output duel. There are some that have high DPT damage, but low energy that hit really hard, but is going to take you a while to build your energy for your charge move. Then there are some that build charge moves really, really fast, but you're sacrificing on how much damage you're able to do in order to fire off your charge move. So if you're going to use something, mostly I would stay with something that's going to have high damage and high energy. However, you can try to take a couple of gambles the other two directions. If you use something with the high energy output, make sure you have a charge move that is going to cover the damage that you're not dealing. Kind of reverse it the other way if you have high damage. If you're going high damage, low energy, you need to make sure you have a charge move that is going to charge quickly in order to compensate for that payoff. It's a little hard balance, but if you're willing to try something a little different, it might be an interesting workout. However, if you're wanting to play it safe, go for high damage and high energy. Now, it won't be perfect. It won't be the highest, but you'll be able to get your charge move off and still do decent amount of damage. So hopefully, you kind of understand how that works. If your damage is low and your energy is high, then make sure you have a high damage charge move. If your damage is high and your energy is low, make sure you have a quick charge charge move if you're going to take those risks. In general, a, fa a good fast move is the best bet as long as it's going to do good damage amount. It's free damage and essential fuel is what the article says. They do have a list of best fast moves ranked by multiplying damage per turn by energy per turn. I don't know why they multiplied the numbers, but I guess to get their um, readouts. And again, it said that the, the article says that the best moves are going to have a output of 3.0 or 3.5 and higher. Again, I don't know where they get the numbers. So the top list is going to be Counter, Shadow Claw, Dragon Breath, Confusion, Razor Leaf, Waterfall, Smackdown, Charm, Poison Jab, Bullet Punch, Vine Whip, Rock Throw, Ice Shard, Fire Spin, Dragon Tail, and Bubble. This is across a handful of different types. Probably the best viable types for PvP. Uh, you can tell Shadow Claw is a ghost attack. Dragon Breath, obviously Dragon. Confusion is Psychic and Charm is Fairy. Uh, poison Jab, obviously Poison. There's some fighting. So it's probably the 
best for each type and then a few extras. Although I would be interested in seeing what the best move for each type is, just out of curiosity. Now that we've discussed fast moves and how they work to build up your charge moves and attack at the same time, and a little bit of a general idea on how to go about picking one, let's move on to talking about your charge move. Your charge move is what is going to deal the heavy damage to your opponent, and it is rated in damage per energy. That is the amount of energy you need to build up in your little charge bubble in order to fire off your charge shot. Can get this number by counting the number of times you tap, but that just seems like a lot of extra work. But I will mention that counting is a strategy used as a way to determine when your opponent is going to fire off their charge move. Again, strategy is an entirely different conversation and we'll get more into that later in uh, another episode. You can generate enough energy to fill your charge bubble more than once. I think the highest I've seen for any of my Pokemon has been three times. Some are limited to only two. And you can kind of store that charge move up and fire it whenever you think would be the best strategic time if you're going to try and burn through, say, their shield count. I like to do that, especially with rocket leader battles, to get as many charge moves stored as I can and try to take out their shields as fast as possible. I sometimes apply that logic to PvP as well. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's a little hit or miss thing, but it is a good thing to know that you can do that. And the good thing about that is you can fire those charge moves back to back to back if you have three stored up. And again, that's going to be different depending on how you want to use those charge moves. The cool thing about some of these charge moves is they have the ability to cause stat changes. Stat change is basically a temporary, for that match, effect on your Pokemon that causes something to happen. Stat change being lowered defense, lowered attack, raised defense, raised attack. Now, some of these stat affecting moves include Ancient Power, Ominous Wind, Power Up Punch, and Acid Spray. Some of them are really good at causing stat effects, and some of them aren't that great. There are several factors to keep in mind, though, when you're thinking about using a status change move. That is, one, the percentage attached to the move of whether or not it will actually work and give you the status change you want. Two, the amount of energy you have to build up to use the charge move in the first place. And three, the amount of damage the charge move itself is going to do. If those things line up perfectly for your Pokemon, it is going to be a good idea to take that move. One of the best ones is Power Up Punch, and any fighting type Pokemon that can have it, you're pretty much going to want that move on it for the most part. And just like with fast moves, they've generated a list on PokemonGoHub.net of the best charge moves for PvP ranked by damage per energy. They also have a table as well for that. And uh, again, I'm going to link this in the description. So the best energy cost with the highest damage per energy, 35 energy for Leaf Blade, Body Slam, Cross Chop, and Dragon Claw. 40 energy for Hydro Cannon, Surf, Drill Peck, Ice, Fire, or Thunder Punch. And that Drill Peck has been added 
to a few Pokemon. I believe Braviary is going to be able to use it. I'm not entirely sure, but the update on Drill Pack was pretty good. 45 energy for Frenzy, pa Frenzy Plant, Avalanche, Rock Slide, Sky Attack, Ancient Power. And the list just kind of goes on from there by uh, five energy per. The most expensive ones are going to be Hyper Beam and Overheat. And you can kind of see how everything just kind of fits into play. Draco Meteor is one of the most costly ones to fire off. I believe uh, Power Up Punch is kind of somewhere in the middle for uh, energy cost versus DPE. I don't see it right away though. It is one of those better ones to use. The cool thing about the charge moves is that unlike fast move, you actually get to have two on your Pokemon if you choose to pay the cost for it. When you're going to make the decision on whether or not to put a second charge move on your Pokemon, you should consider a few different things. One, how often are you going to use this Pokemon for PvP? That should be your first and foremost consideration because that second move costs Stardust and Candy. Stardust is rare commodity. It's easy to grind for, but it takes forever to really build it up. So you need to make sure you're spending your dust in ways that matter if you're going to be serious about PvP. So what you can kind of consider is the low cost versus high cost. Your more common Pokemon are going to have the low Stardust, low Candy cost. I think the lowest I've seen is 10,000 Stardust and 25 Candy. Whereas your Legendaries and your Mythicals are ridiculously high. 100,000 Stardust and 100 Candies. Keep in mind that in order to get those candies, you either have to use your rare candy or you have to walk your Pokemon. Walking a legendary is no picnic. I almost went with a walk in the park pun, but I decided that was a little too far. But yeah, legendaries, they're 20k to walk unless you get like the half walk distance break for an event. And even then, it's still 10 kilometers. It's still going to be a while before you get that candy. So saving up your rare candy for your mythicals and your legendaries is a pretty decent idea on that front. The next thing you have to consider, other than whether or not you're going to use this Pokemon, is of course the cost. And I've kind of hit that pretty well, I think. And then you need to consider what your second move is going to be. This is where you get into using your fast and charged TMs. And if you have them, the elite versions of your TMs. The elite TMs allowing you to actually specifically pick the charge moves that you want. Whereas using your regular TMs, it's going to be a little bit more of a gamble. When you consider what you want for your Pokemon, where charge moves are concerned, you're going to want something that has a low energy cost, high damage output, and maybe the second one is a little more costly energy-wise because it may have a better output damage-wise. This way you can have one fast move that generates a good amount of energy, one charge move that fills quickly, fires quickly, and then another fast charge move, excuse me, that is going to do heavy damage. I believe a good example of this is looking at Wishcash. The moveset I have on him is Mud Bomb and Blizzard. Blizzard takes a little bit to build up, but it deals a good amount of damage. Whereas Mud Bomb is fills really quickly and you can fire it off quickly. It still does a decent amount of damage, 
but it's doing it rapidly. And with Mud Bomb filling up as fast as it does, you can use it to kind of shield bait your opponent and get them to think you're firing Blizzard if you decide to store up your Mud Bomb and use it multiple in succession. They may think you're going for that Blizzard first, and you might get them to drop a shield that they may need later. So it all plays into strategy and how you want to approach your opponent. The key takeaway in all of this is pretty much when choosing your charge moves, you don't want too high cost, high damage charge moves. You also don't want too low cost, moderate damage moves because then it's not going to hit as heavy as if you have one of each. Hopefully all of this makes sense to you. Again, if you have any questions or comments or anything you want clarified, you can hit me up on my email, anerdblog at gmail.com, and uh, send me any concerns you have there. Okay, that does it for the first half of the show. I am going to take a quick break, get me some water, and then we're going to take a look at pvpoke.com. I'll see you back here in just a bit. Again, so much for joining me for this episode and for listening to my earlier episodes, if you've listened to those. Really appreciate it. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments or anything you think I need to know, you can email me, anerdblog at gmail.com. It's all one word, all lowercase, A-N-E-R-D-B-L-O-G. Or you can hit me up on Twitter. My handle is anthisa 21 I do accept DMs. Or you can hit me up on Instagram where you can take a look at all of my Pokemon Go AR photos. My username there is anthisa.21. The dot is important. I was not able to get it without it. And uh, that's my own fault. I shot myself in the foot in it. You can catch this podcast through multiple different sources. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, even on YouTube as well. And if you do happen to join me on YouTube, go ahead, give me a follow, turn the notifications on, and you'll know when the next episode goes live. I truly appreciate you guys joining me, so thank you so much. All right, now we're going to take a look at pvpoke.com. I have it set up. You can just go right into the menu bar and hit rankings. It's the third time tab there. And I have mine set up for Great League Sylph Catacomb Cup. You've got two different bars there, easy to set up. And the first few Pokemon I'm looking at, the top five, are Pseudowoodo, Venusaur, Caracosta, Alolan Graveler, Zuelius, and Vespaqueen. Now, I'm going to take a look at the Pseudowoodo. I'm just going to tap that box, and it's going to pop open. And it's going to give you some numbers. Again, I am not a numbers person, but it is what it is. You've got Percentage if you use it as a lead, how your percentage is going to look if you can win the lead using Pseudowoodo. If you use it as a closer, the lead number is 87.4. Your closer number is 96.9. Using it as your safe switch is a 96.1. Charger is 100. 
attacker 96 point or 91.6 i believe that's the attacker rating and it has a consistency of 95.4 so this is actually a really good cup for pseudo wudo so that's kind of interesting it's going to give you next your key wins and battle rating numbers again don't ask me to explain the numbers it's going to win best against umbreon lapras vespa queen beedrill and zwellius that's dark water two bugs and another dark so this is using the rock and uh well it's giving you rock and fighting moves counter rock slide earthquake so counter which is a fighting move rock slide which is your rock type and then earthquake which is a ground move and those are going to win those matchups based on the type effectiveness chart it is going to lose against and basically the key losses tells you these are the people or the Pokemon you're going to face that you need to pull Pseudo-Wudo out of. Matchups against Venusaur, Alolan Graveler, Frostlass, Shiftree, and Breloom. Mostly Grass. It's interesting to see the Alolan Graveler there. You're not really getting a mirror type up, uh, a mirror matchup with the rock versus ground but you are going to lose that matchup um they do have a tab there for looking at pseudo wudo versus all of the catacomb cup so you can see how it would do overall against everybody and then your fast moves and your charge moves the percentage number is not how good it's going to affect your other opponents it is the preference percentage how many people out of a hundred are using this fast move versus the others available. So more people are using counter versus rock throw. Going into your charge moves, most people are using rock slide and earthquake as opposed to stone edge. Though the difference between earthquake and stone edge is a small per percentage because they're both pretty decent charge moves to have. And then of course you're going to get a breakdown of weaknesses and resistances. This is where you go in to see the numbers that uh, we looked at for the type effectiveness chart. You're basically going to see the types that are going to have super effective against pseudo-wodo in the weaknesses spot. And the resistances are the ones that are barely going to affect pseudo-wodo at all. Then of course you're going to get your attack and your defense numbers and your stamina. These are your optimal numbers that you want for your IVs. Now, IVs, entirely different conversation. We're going to get to that in the next episode. But basically, this is a good breakdown of what kind of moves you want on your Pokemon and who they're going to do best against and who they're going to do worst against. Now, again, the numbers at the top, lead, closer, switch, and charger, I couldn't answer any of those numbers for you that's something i'd have to look at they do have an about rankings tab that goes into a lot of the math how to use the rankings uh how those rankings are derived how they came up with the numbers and uh all the information on how to use these numbers and so on and so forth it's a lot of reading but it's really interesting reading if you're wanting to dig deeper into those numbers when you get pvpoke.com pulled up you're gonna want to bookmark it this is going to be a main resource as you move forward all right i believe that is going to do it for today um I can always do some more in-depth about PV Poke later uh, if you guys request it. So I'm going to call that a show. 
thank you so much for joining me. Next week, we are going to look at IVs. They kind of rule PvP for some reason, and we're going to discuss why. We're also going to talk about when IVs matter and when they don't, because more often than not, they actually don't matter. So it'll be an interesting conversation in breaking down what IVs actually are and when you need to worry about them. I will see you guys next week. Thank you again for joining me. Have a wonderful day.